Welcome to the Raymond Tamaklo podcast. You are about to listen to a message as preached by the senior pastor and founder of Love Springs International Church, Nairobi, Kenya. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo is a missionary to the nation of Kenya. He is an author and a church planter. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo has a passion of raising pastors and shepherds who delight in the work of God. He has dedicated fairly all his life to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, doing exactly this. He believes in ensuring that the Word of God is preached to all because each and every soul is precious and important to God. This podcast will reignite your love for God and His work and will work out times of refreshing in your life. Now, get ready to be blessed as you listen to the soul-saving Word of God expertly handled by Reverend Raymond Tamaklo of the Love Springs International Church Headquarters, Nairobi. Be transformed as you listen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight. What an encounter. What you faced on Calvary purchased my salvation. What you endured on the cross purchased our salvation. Thank you for the sacrifice of yourself for a sinner like me. Thank you, Lord, for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you, Lord, that I have come to share in what your sacrifice produced. I give you glory, Lord. Tonight, let your word come forth to give us a direction, a direction that is in line with your purpose, the purpose for our call which we have received in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Please do have your seat. Wow. What a blessing. Yeah. It's strange that some people claim they belong to this church and you would have a convention they won't come first day they won't come second day and then they will show up third day now if you want to be fair you have to ask yourself if everybody behaved like I'm behaving what will day one look like? If everybody is behaving the way I'm behaving, what will day two look like? Do you understand? It is, it is, it is mind-boggling that you have ministry groups in a church and a singer chooses, I'll come the third day when it's convenient. A dancing star says, anyway, it's the last it's the last time such a thing is happening in my ministry. Yeah, it's the last time. 
I've already passed judgment on that behavior. <laughs> uh, mercy. All right. So we've been looking at Bima. And um, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Today, give me the NASB translation. Um, and give me from verse 9 to the verse 11, if not 12. Um, my purpose on this Good Friday is to teach the formula for judgment. But before I move into the formula for judgment, I want to complete something I had started. Um, and I think that's fine. It's all part of the teaching. Okay? I mean, if you have come again and I've rebuked you and you say amen, you can still leave. Like, the door is... Have you closed the door downstairs? Yeah, please, feel free. Yeah, I don't like what he said before he started teaching. I want to go home. Uh, So you can start before it's too late. (laughs) Who is there today? Good Friday, Go and see some other Good Fridays. All system is go. Try. Okay, let me look for my scripture. The, the only difficulty is I've asked for NASB. Yeah. That, when it shows up like this, you know where they got it from. <laughs> so, to be safer, let me look for my NASB here. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the verse 9. It says, therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that's bima so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad. Those of you coming today, I beg of you, eh, endure what you are about to hear. <laughs> it's not personal. I, and I'm not teaching because you are here today. I, I think it's, it's a good advance warning to give you. Yeah, we've been hearing this before you came. You get a point now. Yeah, for we must all appear... <laughs> Before the judgment seat of Christ. That is Bima. So that each one may receive. The NASB they are giving on the screen says compensation. Yeah. But I'm reading the NASB 1995. (laughs) Which 
says recompensed. Do you understand? Yeah, there, there are different NASBs. For his deeds in the body. Can you see that? So the NASB makes it clear that we are talking about his body. In the body. Yes. <laughs> According to what he has done, whether good or bad. Verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God, and I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciences. Amen. It's about to go down. Give me verse 9. We have these as our ambition. This is Paul talking. So before I jump into the next thing, I'm going to show you why I'm teaching you this. Yes, because this judgment is not the judgment of the world. So in a jiffy, I'll show you what the, the judgment of the world will be. Do you understand? So this is our judgment as a church. Yes, this is our judgment as believers. Alright? So Paul is telling the church that we have these as our ambition. Who is that? You are disturbing me. It's a good Friday. Leave it at good. <laughs> Just leave it at good. Don't turn Good Friday into Bad Friday. (laughs) Whether at home or absent, this is what it means. Whether we are dead, we are present. If dead, we are present with him. All right? We, We are at home with him. If dead, you get it? Or absent, we are alive. I know your school fees has finished right about now. (laughs) This is our ambition. Okay? This is what we have as an ambition. Paul is the one saying it. Whether at home, we are dead. If we are at home, where is home? Home is eternity. Where he is. So we are at home. We are not here. We are dead. So we have transcended this life. And we are at home. Because every one of us came from eternity into time. And we will move from time back into eternity. So this is our ambition. If we are at home, we have died here. And we are with him. Or absent. We are not dead. So we are in his body. To be pleasing to him. So whether dead or alive. Home or absent. This is our ambition. To be pleasing to him. If today you ask the average Christian. What is your ambition? You will hear things that will shocktalize you. Women rep. 
What is your ambition? Women rep. What is your ambition? Coach of Manchester United. What is your ambition? To be a wife. What is your ambition? To be a husband. What is your ambition? To have money. What is your ambition? To travel to America. What is your ambition? Is to own a television box. We have this as our ambition. You see, the time has come that if truly we are Christians, then we must resemble the scriptures. We have this as our ambition. Whether at home we are dead, we've gone back to be with him. Or absent, we are alive and we are in this world. So we are absent from him. To be pleasing to him. Some people want to be pleasing to a boy. Does she, does he like my sexiness? That's your ambition, to be pleasing to a boy. You understand? And they have no ambition to be pleasing to God. You should have come. I should have just ministered to the usual group I had. Yes, and because I left some of them amputated and I just came to finish the job. Yes, or rather I'll finish the job on Sunday. (laughs) This is the ambition to be pleasing to him. Why are you a believer if your ambition is not to be pleasing to God? To be pleasing to him. To please him. Today, you should see how people please Pharaoh. And don't please God. When I enter formula for judgment, eh, it will be wow. Hey. It will be wow. <clears throat> to be pleasing to him. He looks at you and he says, this is my best man of God. This is my best woman of God. I thank God I sent him. I thank God I sent her to be pleasing to God. This is our ambition. It's the same when Jesus said that my will is to my food is to do the will of him that sent me. That's it. I want to be pleasing to him. I want to be pleasing to him. In another place, Jesus said that I do please him always. I am always pleasing the Father. It is foolish children who live in the house and don't care whether they please their father or not. See, the temperature has changed. (laughs) Yes. Children that are going nowhere, they live in the same house with a father or an authority. And they watch as their mother will call the neighbor's son. Fortune, I want to send you. Buy me water. Meanwhile, 
there is a resident son. A mother called another woman's daughter and said, Tafadali, this idea, end up Mamamboga, letter, Skuma. And, and the, the resident daughter has, has the remote and is watching TV. And she's watching how to get away with murder. Do you understand? And then the mother has to send somebody's son somebody's daughter and the resident son is chillaxing and many people grew up like that not minding whether they please the, their father or please their mother or not because at the end of the day the foolish woman is still going to cook the food and beg you to come and eat the food So a lot of people have grown up without a desire to please anybody. If you like, give it to me. If you like, don't give it to me. It's okay. It's normal. And you see, when people grow up like that, they grow up with what we call a dead conscience. When you reach that place where in your life you have nobody you please, You don't care whether you please anybody or not. Your desire is, I am happy. Once I'm in this house and I'm happy, that's what matters. You are a child that will bring shame and disgrace to your parents. And in as much as you may not like the teaching, I'm still teaching it. A son's desire should be how he will please his father. And Jesus is the perfect example of what real or true sons do. Jesus, he pleased the father. I always do those things that please him. There are people when you send them, they do what they want to do. And not what pleases the sender. And Jesus, all throughout the book of John, you see him talk about the father, the will of the father. There are some children who don't even talk about the will of their father. The will of the father is what the father's purpose is and what pleases him. God's purpose and what pleased God was that his son will come and die for you and I. For the 33 and a half years Jesus lived, he had one purpose. You came here to die. From the age of 33, 30, the ministry that launched him to a day like this started three years ago, three and a half years ago, he began announcing himself as the son of man and as the son of God. To what purpose? That he will do the things that please him. That he will die for a sinful world. And when that moment came and he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he had to wrestle between his will and the will of the father. What is the will of the father? The will of the father is what pleases him. Let me say something to all of you, by the way. If 
you think that living oblivious of the affections of your father, you will have a cursed life. I'm going to say what I say again. If you live oblivious of the blessings of a father, oh, if you like it, you bless. If you like it, you say. If you like it, you say. If you like it, you bless me. It's all the same. To some people, everything is the same. May I stop here and tell you that all things are not the same. You see that there's a difference between Jacob and Esau. Ah, feel it. There's a difference. Do you understand? Yeah. Those who live, today is Good Friday, so we're going to take a bit of time. And then we're going to come back here at 5.30 to pray. At least that one, try and come. It's for your own miracle. Yeah. Lord, resurrect my ministry. Lord, resurrect my dead finances. Come for that one. I'll be here at 5.30. Mercy. Yeah? There's nothing we're teaching that is not in the Bible. All is in the Bible. You know, Jacob got blessed. Then his mother told him that the, the women around here they worry me too much. Like, I don't like the caliber of women that we, we live amongst this caliber of women. I, they are not correct. So I want you to go to my brother's place and I want you to marry from that place. He had already received the blessing. His brother is plotting how that when daddy dies, I'm going to kill this dude. Yes, he was plotting. Then his mother told him that, no. You see, and Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these, which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do? Do me. <laughs> if my son marries one of these girls, so that was the mother's worry for Jacob today if you sit in a church and you have a worry for who a boy will marry the foolish boy will say it's my life my shayangu If you have a worry as to who a son of yours married, they don't even care. (laughs) You remembered my story. (laughs) Do you understand? (laughs) Those who didn't come yesterday, they want to hear the story. But we are not going to tell them the story. It's it's only a story for people like us. what good shall my life do to me or my life do me that is a mother's worry ah, that's the point you see a sister say but me I love him me I love him he loves me he loves me one day you all realize that love is not enough I, yeah I've said it I said it I said it yes I've said it love is not enough yes one day you realize that love is not enough 
Yeah, one day you say, I heard the apostle said it. I, then I didn't believe it, but now I believe it. Yes, love is not enough. Those who form alliances based on butterflies. At least I've, I've lived a little while in this world. I've never felt butterflies. <laughs> butterflies. <laughs> butterflies. Huh? Check, check the lifespan of butterflies. Check. You see how, how long your love has to survive in your stomach. Yes, I, I, Pastor, I feel butterflies. When I hear his voice, hello, I just feel butterflies. Check how long butterflies last. Give me verse 47. Look at this. Who is there? They're trying to turn Good Friday into Bad Friday. All right, 28. Okay, so Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him. So when the mother now told the father, I, I, I don't want our son to marry from the land. You get it? Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. So now the father called Jacob and says, I don't want you to take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Awesome. I love it. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy brothers, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger which God gave unto Abraham and Isaac sent away Jacob and he went to Padan Aram unto Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take him a wife from thence, and that as he blessed him, he gave him a charge, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. And that Jacob obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Padan Aram. And Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac, his father, so he knew. They'll be walking and the father will see the Canaanite daughters and say, look at these women. He knew. You see, a very wicked son does not care what pleases his father. He doesn't care. 
What makes his father, he doesn't, he saw, he knew that the daughters of Canaan, please not Isaac, his father. Are you listening to me? So look at what he does. Then went Esau unto Ishmael and took unto the wives which he had. So he didn't just go for one, he went for multiple. Since I want you to bleed, you must as, as well bleed a gallon. You get the point now? Yeah. He took unto the wives which he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebajoth, to be his wife. Ten. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So you see two different sons. One says, I'm going to obey my father. The other says, I know what displeases my father. That is what I'll do. So Jacob is a type of Christ. He wants to please his father. Listen, take away that aspect, Calvary did not happen. It didn't look like a powerful statement, but I'm just going to show you right now it is. Take away that aspect, the desire to please the Father, and Calvary did not happen. Because who will want to die just because your Father says so? Who wants to die? There are people here who call themselves my sons. Let me tell them, go and die. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You will see that it is not easy to please your father. And what Jesus did on Calvary stems from this singular thing. My father sent me here that I might die for a sinful world. And that is what I must do. And I'm saying to you that take that out and Calvary did not take place. Yes. Because when he was alone in the garden and he was praying and he was praying, he was praying. In fact, they even had to send angels to strengthen him. He prayed. And then he reached a place in the prayer he says, not my will, but thine will be done. If it is your will that I drink from this cup, then let me drink from this cup. That is talking about death. Do you understand? Yeah. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. In the face of death, he's looking at what the will of his father is. And I'm saying, take it away and Calvary will never have happened. It's hot. It's hot. Many people don't know that there's a difference between obedience and submission. Yes. You can obey without being submissive. Yes. 
But submission involves obedience. And you see, the, the higher dimension is the one that involves the will. And that is submission. Yeah. Obedience doesn't necessarily call into place um, the will. But submission does. I listen to me. So many people who say, oh, I'm submissive. I'm a submissive wife. It's not true. They don't even know what submission is. Yes. Submission is, I want to eat jollof. I'm your wife. I want to eat jollof. Then your husband says, we are eating pizza. Then you have to set aside your will. What is your will? Jollof. What is his will? Pizza. So you set aside your will, which is Jollof, and you submit to the will of pizza. And not when you are eating the pizza, you say, eh? all this, if I knew that this is how marriage is, you know, that sometimes you cannot even eat what you feel like eating. And that apostle is going to stand there on Sunday and say that I am not submissive. Well, let me swallow the pizza. No, you are eating the pizza as though originally you wanted to eat the pizza. Now that is submission. You see, obedience is take the water there. You took it. That's obedience. It doesn't call your will into question. But submission always calls your will into question. That is why they say wives should submit Because when you're going into the marriage, you're not going as the authority. Somebody is going to make the decisions. So your submission is what makes you embrace the will of your husband as though it was your will. Then he tells the husbands, love your wives. Because it's not easy to love a woman. I've said it. Women are difficult creatures to love. So what he asked the husband to do, do you understand, is as difficult as what he asked the wife to do. And then the husband has to do it. And then the wife also has to do it. Because the thing is, listen, listen, listen. It's difficult and and more more so difficult for a man to love one woman. Stop pretending. (laughs) Do, Do you understand? More so. Yes. So he's asking the man to do what is the most difficult. Why would you ask a man to? It should be natural that a man loves his wife. It should be natural. It should be natural. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it doesn't come naturally. By the time you've lived with a woman two months, that's why there's a special, I don't know if you know, there's a special place in heaven for men. (laughs) You have 
to love your wife. That's what he says. And then he tells the woman, submit, be submissive to your own husband. It's not easy for any woman. It's not submission. If it were easy, you never have said the woman should be submissive. If it was easy. I have so many things to say to you that submit for the woman. You think it's easy? That's the most difficult thing. The most difficult thing. You're going out. You, You already iron your dress. You're going to wear. You know? And then you wear your dress and he looks at you. No, 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 no. I don't like this dress. I don't like this dress. Sweetheart, come. Let me show you. I want you to wear this one for me. You see, a lot of women don't even know. I, I think the, the whole world is a very crazy world. Yeah. When we live in the house with our wives, when we live in the house with our wives, you should see what they show us. What I'm like when they remove that <laughs> covering, do you understand? Yeah. Is it many young men eh, will have a shock when they marry? <laughs> if I bring Nyawalo forward and I uh, remove the cover. Nyawalo will disappear. And another strange woman will appear. Now, that is what husbands see. If I use Emily as an example, and I uh, remove, you see, Titus will tell her, oh, pass the ball to me. Pass the ball to me. Pass the ball to me. <laughs> you see a footballer. Yes. <laughs> you just see a footballer. Now that's what husbands see. 24 hours. You are looking at your fellow man. <laughs> then when you say, oh, we are going to church. We are going for lunch. Then you see that they change. Like they take their time. So I always ask myself, when, you see, many wives don't think deeply. You have dressed like some of you have dressed to come here. Shanshan Bobo. Then when somebody who doesn't know sees you for the first time, they are admiring you. Then you tell your husband, you see, you don't appreciate what you have. That is not what I have. <laughs> That's not what I have. <laughs> Excuse me. That's not what I have. <laughs> 
So, if I were a woman and I knew what I know, in the house, I will shine. I will make up. I will polish. I will have my hair exquisite. And I can tell you that your husband will, his hands will not be of you like it his hands will be everywhere like you you will ask him okay buana enter me and stay there <laughs> i don't know if i'm saying something to you yeah if i were a woman and i knew what i knew that's what i'll do then when we are going out then i'll remove the thing yes now, when we are going out, then I'll remove the thing. Yes, I will do the reverse. I'm telling you the honest truth. I'll do the reverse because you, you have one ambition as a wife to please your husband. If he's pleased in the house, who cares whether they see me as ugly or not? I have one ambition. If he is happy, when we are together, that's what matters. I would do the reverse. But now, women do the opposite. You look nice for all the outsiders. That's why sometimes when people are praising your husband, is there, she, he's even shocking. <clears throat> he's shocking. He's actually shocking. Because he, he knows the real thing. He knows the real figure. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yes. <laughs> and some of these young girls have already adopted that culture. Yes. They polish to go out. Yes. When you, you see, you polish to go out when you are searching. Yes. When you're searching. Then when you have now found and we brought you home, you don't want to polish anymore. You have the ring. You have the photos to prove you got married. Imesha. Yes, and you have the certificate which is hidden far away. Do you understand? So, many don't understand this principle. So, you're going out and then he says, nah, I don't like what you have wore. Sweetheart, come. I, I want you to wear this for me. You should have said it a long time ago. This thing, I, 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 this is the one I want to wear. You see, your will is being called into question because who is supposed to look at you and say, wow, it's the husband. And what you have wore is making you look like the witch in your village. And he says, I don't like it. And you're insisting that that's what I feel like wearing. Is it your submission? That submission now. Your will versus his will. So the person who says, Sweetheart, you, you want me to wear this for you? That's a submissive woman. If we have to argue one hour before you accept to wear it, you are not submissive. You may be an obedient woman. Honey, can you get me a glass of water? You got it for me. You're obedient. Submissive? No. Because the moment your will is called into question and my will is called into question, we see how difficult you are. 
And it's the same reason people can't do so well serving in the house of God. I want to sing every branch that bears my true And then apostle says, sing quiet time, quiet time. So no, I want to sing every branch. <laughs> That's the people don't understand why. Hey, me, I, I, I insist something be done my way. Yeah, I'm not going to even lie to you. I want it done my way. Yeah. I want it done my way. I want it done exactly my way. If you like, argue from here till sun said, I want it this way until I get it that way. It doesn't please me. Anyway, you are like that only if you are a real man. Mm. Some of these brothers, they accept everything and anything. Yes, I, when I look at them, I just see them. They accept anything and everything. Yes. That's why you see a brother in one small, tiny girl, he's shouting at, and then he accepts it. Yes. He accepts it. Huh? He accepts it. You accept it. Those, th- those are Adam's real descendants. <laughs> I want my food prepared this way. You said no. My grandmother in Humsalaba Humsalaba, when she prepares my grandfather, do I look like your grandfather? (laughs) 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 Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yes. (laughs) So, (laughs) Jesus had this singular ambition to please his father. Yeah. To please his father. Hmm. I have one ambition, to raise my son to please me. Yes. To raise him to please me. Yes. And then he also have sons that please him. When we come to the formula for judgment, you understand. Don't worry. Tulia. Yes. And Paul said, We have this ambition. You should see Titus's ambition. You should see some of the young men's ambition. It's to locate a girl in the church. <laughs> You see the ambition of many people in the church. It has nothing to do with pleasing God. And the difficulty is collecting into his body a group of people whose desire is to please themselves. If they even go beyond that, is to please Pharaoh. 
Yes. There are people seated here. Pharaoh gives them targets. Oh yeah. 200 million every three months. They will comb the whole of the city to satisfy Pharaoh. Tell the same person who is, you see the same person who is pleasing Pharaoh is the leader of your basanta. Tell him, I want 100 choir members. Pharaoh must be pleased. God must be disappointed. It's the spirit in the church. And in case you're wondering what I'm teaching, I'm teaching 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9, verse 10, verse 11. So what does verse 10 say? Give me verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body. So I will appear before the judgment seat. Me, the senior pastor. You, who is in the church. You, who is in the choir. You, who is in the dancing stars. We all, the Bima, the Bima, or the Bima seat, or the seat of judgment called Bima, is for believers. It's for believers. There's going to be two kinds of judgment. The Bima judgment is for those that are saved and are in his body so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Then there is another judgment which is called the white throne judgment. Which is now the judgment for the entire world. Let me, let me show you something. Go with me quickly. So this is what I want to get out of the way. Um, are you here? Oh, you've gone home. Revelation chapter 20 verse 11. Give me the NASB still. Revelation 20, 11 to 15. Watch this. Then I saw a great white throne. And him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away. So you can see that we shifted from the body. Now we are talking about heaven. We're talking about earth. When it comes to the white throne, you see we've shifted from the body. Can you see what I'm saying? When it comes to the white throne, we've shifted from the body. Now we are talking about somebody who is sitting on the white throne, all right, and in whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. So when earth showed up, it had to declare and heaven had to declare. Verse, verse 12. And I saw the dead. Look at it. The great and the small. So the white throne judgment is for the great and the small. Are you following? The great white throne judgment is for the great and the small. Standing before the throne and look at it. Books were opened. And another book was opened. Which is the book of life. 
and the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. So the white throne judgment is for the unbelieving dead. Are you listening to me? A book was opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books. So as we are here, there are things being written in books. Hmm. Hmm. I said there are things being written in books. Yes. Deeds, deeds are being recorded in books. Deeds, deeds are being recorded in books. Verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. So it is the white throne judgment that all the people who died in Mombasa will come out from. Rivanzo <laughs> here. You got the point now? Yes. The sea gave up the dead which were in it and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were what? Judged. Every one of them according to their deeds. Hear me and hear me well. Judgment is according to deeds. Both the Bema judgment and the white throne judgment. So those of you who live, you know, I don't care what they say about what I'm doing. I don't care. You don't care. But deeds are being written anyway. Fourteen. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Are you listening to me? So, the difference with the white throne judgment is for the unbelieving. And then the Bema judgment is the judgment for believers. We stand before the Bema to be judged. And it is before the Bema that justice and judgment is executed. As to what you, when you came into the body, what you did in the body. So nobody in this church, nobody in that other church, nobody in that church over there, nobody in the church that is in Akuru, the church that is in America, will escape this Bema judgment. We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That judgment seat of Christ, Jesus is the one seated on it. It's called Bema. So, the judgment is about the things done in his body. According to verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 5. Are you here with me? So, one of the things that happens, okay, before I go into the formula for judgment, when there is justice or judgment in the church, is that judgment establishes the church. Those of you who are always against judgment in the church. Any country that is going to be established, listen, is established by judgment. Any country. 
And any church that is going to be established will be established by judgment. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 29 verse 4. The Bible says, The king by judgment establisheth the land, but he that received gifts overthrow it. <laughs> Overthroweth it. Yes, the king, the king by judgment. What does he do? He establishes the country. He establishes the land. But the one that receives bribes, the one that receives what? Gifts. That is bribes. He overthroweth it. If there is no judgment in the church, and the church is filled with immorality right from the top, the pastors down to the ordinary members of the church, it, the church cannot be established. Yes. It can't be established because the king by judgment establishes the land. You know, when you, I used to have a group of people called shepherds. Oh, I shouldn't go there. I shouldn't go there. You think I shouldn't go there? Yeah. If it's happening in the church, then it's a true story. And I'm not concocting. Yeah? You appoint somebody as a pastor. You appoint somebody as a shepherd. That is the leadership of the church. Go and win souls for Jesus. Tia, 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 you went for evangelism. Da, 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 you got that souls. You are a lady shepherd. Now, after preaching salvation, one, two, three, you have stopped preaching salvation. Now you and the souls in the centers, you are buddies. Buddies enough that when the soul sees you, lady shepherd, he greets you by grabbing your breast. Yes, in his body. He, he greets you by grabbing your ass. Or slapping your ass. He says, hey, watch out, watch out. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Apostle will not be happy with you. Don't do that. <laughs> Although I'm happy, Apostle will not be happy with you. Don't do that. There are some places you go, you will never hear certain messages. And you will never hear certain messages because from the top to the bottom, everybody is doing the same thing. Yeah. You will never hear any message against fornication. Oh yeah. One whole year, a pastor will preach from every book. When they see a scripture on fornication, jump and pass. Oh yeah. You see, let me tell you something. Why do we encourage young, you want to be a pastor? Find a beloved. Do the right thing. Marry. It's because some of these things that happens in the church as a result of some of you, you see, you're single, but your level of erection 
is constant. <laughs> don't let me go there tonight. I don't. <laughs> yes. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yes. Before I married, I also dated. That's why, me, I don't trust all these brothers and sisters working in the church. Say, you know, you see them in prayer. I don't trust them. You have been dating for two years. Oh no. Listen, the Bible said, for we do not have an high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So Jesus Christ, our high priest, has been touched with the feelings. The feelings of our infirmities. So I have been touched with your feelings of infirmities. I've dated before. When I fornicated, I didn't fornicate as an unbeliever. I fornicated as a full pastor. In his body. (laughs) What are you talking about? By the time I was 21, I was already a pastor. I've been a pastor since I was 15 years. Yes. Do you understand? With, 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 with all night, how many cashiers under my belt? I've done cashier. You see, but what you don't know is that Kesha has nothing to do with erection. So when I see people in the church, they've been dating for two years, going up and down. And then they, 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 when I'm teaching against fornication, they are the ones saying amen louder to fool me. <laughs> to fool me, to try and fool me. trust any of them. In fact, I would rather trust you. You you started cutting in June by February, May, whatever you have already, your your motives appeal. Yes. As for this, this one we call it booking. This one you are doing is called bookings. You have booked a fornication partner. In the name of we are cutting is bookings. <laughs> Say truth, Lord. Yes. It's called bookings. Yes. You have booked this one. This is for my personal usage. No one should go near it. Titus, stay away. Have you not heard? This is my beloved. You have made your bookings in the church. So you look into the church and the church is full of bookings. Yes. They are booked, booked, booked. You look at sister A, booked. Sister B, booked. Sister, and then when the serious brothers now have nobody. Sometimes the unbooked sisters feel sorry for themselves. Hey, unbooked sisters, don't feel sorry for yourselves. Be happy the way you are. 
You are the one without a permanent fornication partner. These ones are bookings, bookings, bookings. Some people have been booked for two years. Some have been booked for three years. Some have been booked for four years. Since 2017, bookings, booking, permanent bookings. I don't know how your transport system works here. Uh, but if you're flying, if you're flying and you need, you have to go, even though you've bought the ticket, you have to book your seat. So when you go on the flight, they give you the, the plan of the plane. Yes. And you have to choose the, the seat. Yeah. You see that, oh, 4D booked. If you choose it, you can't, you can't, yes, it won't. Yeah, 4D booked, 3C booked. So in the church, the church is like a plane. You know, the left aisle, the right aisle, and then the seats have been booked. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you look in the church, the sisters that are not booked, they, they look like very unhappy. Yes. They should rather be happy. I mean, imagine being booked since 2017. Imagine being booked since 2018. In fact, you, they booked you during COVID. You don't like my message, eh? When you go on the flight to book your seat, you see that some people have already gone ahead. They booked, you know, they booked, oh, 5D, booked, um, 3F. They put a cross there like that. Yes, some sisters are walking in the church with a cross. You know, how do you call this? um, Is it city council? They go with the, the red paint. Uh-huh. Some sisters, spiritual city council in the church has used red paint. They are walking around and you can see. Yeah. Don't touch. Booked. Booked. Illegal building. Illegal billboard. You see all the marks on them. Meanwhile, the person that would have fallen in love with them and do everything to marry them within a year is around and he's just seen spiritual city council with. Booked for marriage 2032. Booked for marriage 2035. One man booked a woman and only went the other day to marry her 
at 90, is it 90 something? Yes, he booked her for almost 70 something years. <laughs> the woman has given birth to all his children and then they've received great grandchildren and then finally he says, let me go and remove the booking status and make it permanent. Some of you are here, you are are nothing but booked fornication partners. That's why the brothers are very happy in the church. And when the brothers, look at him, look at him. This is booking master. <laughs> when the brothers meet, they always ask themselves, Have you booked? Have you booked? Yes. Whenever I'm traveling, my sisters always, my wife or my sisters always ask me, Have you, uh, should we book your seat for you? They always ask me. Yeah, when the brothers meet, they always ask, Have you booked anything this year? Have, did you manage to book? Yes. Tatos is always asking, have you booked? Mandela, have you, have you any bookings? Yeah. yeah. Any bookings? Any bookings? Yeah. And then the bad ones go to how many bookings? This guy is the bookmaster. Booking master. He went at 99 year old. Marries his girlfriend 40 after 20 years of dating. Yes. Hmm. Hey. Anybody that doesn't like what I'm teaching is a suspect. My job is to teach what is right. If you choose to be booked, be booked. Are we fighting? We're not fighting. You see, if you like, listen to me. If you like, act like a fool. Eh? And tie your destiny to somebody who has no plans of going anywhere. Mine is to teach. Yours is to decide. This young man has no plans of marrying you anytime soon. He has just booked you against a weather like this. So if you choose to sell your destiny short, instead of being single and available for a more serious person, you have decided to be Lord of the Rings. No problem. No problem. Collect the rings. No be here either. I'll be here for another 20 years. It will shock you. And my message will not change. My teachings will not change. I will teach it. Your children are growing. Some, some I saw them when they were born. Now they are writing notes when I'm teaching. What do you mean? <laughs> if you want to tie your destiny, do you understand, to a ship that is not sailing, that's your choice. It doesn't mean I shouldn't teach it. Yes. If you see this person, he, he has anchored his ship. Do you know the anchor? Do you know the anchor is a heavy duty metal that 
they used to stabilize the ship in the harbor. The guy is in the harbor. He's not sailing, no. He has anchored his ship. Yes. That's why one of the songs you should be singing to them is, Will your anchor hold in the storms of life? They, they have anchored. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, any young man, as, as at least where I come from, any young man who is serious to marry you, maximum one year. Maximum. If he loves you, he's too much in a hurry to toy with not marrying you and then you escaping and entering a better place. If he loves you, he wants to marry you now. So whether you frown at me or not, do you think Jesus died so I can be afraid of you? (laughs) Jesus died so me I can be afraid of you. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. You know, if you have married before, you know what I'm saying is the truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying is the truth. If you've married before, yeah. There's that agency. There's that agency to have it done. The people I see, there's no agency. The reason why I'm saying is a booking is because you can cancel the booking at any time. You didn't see that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> can you just cancel marriage? You know, bookings you can cancel. I'm not traveling. I, I had booked for 26. Charlie, I'm not traveling anymore. Yeah, give my seat to another person. Yes, but you cannot transfer your marriage seat to another. Just like that. <laughs> bookings. Yes, it's a bookings. It's a bookings. <laughs> it's a bookings yes <laughs> and some of you are proud with bookings and what some of them don't know is that they are not the only one booked two people have been booked beside you <laughs> does a marriage woman have two bookings no she has one yes some of you, after three years, let a lady who is sunshine bobo has some money come. Your booking is cancelled. <laughs> There's a prophet I know, you know, he's in Ghana, and they were interviewing one young man. And he, the young man was asked, what is the saddest thing that has happened in your life? And then, national radio, on, t- on t- TV or television or whatever. And then he said, the worst thing that has happened to him that has made him cry was prophet so-so and so who took his girl from him. And the girl, he said, the girl was very helpful to me. You know, the girl gives me a car. 
got me a house and I introduced her to the prophet. And the prophet went behind me and took the girl. He said, and I cried. So, as I speak, the prophet, the prophet is taking the guy to court for such an accusation. And he says, you call me as his lawyer. I would say, your honor, it was a booking. <laughs> and the booking was revoked. Yeah, it was a booking. Yes. <laughs> so, bookings can be canceled at any time. Yes. <laughs> Try and cancel marriage. Yes. It's a process. Some of you, to even revoke the booking or cancel the bookings is by text message. It's over. Then you start calling. Hello, what do you mean by it's over? What do you mean by it's over? What is over? What is over? I... I don't understand. Mimi, what do you mean is over? What is over? What is over? I, don't, I mean, it, it, the relationship is over. It's not working. By text message. Yes. And a lot of times, by the time they are canceling the booking, they have moved from the house where they booked you for three years. So you are on your way, Matatu. You are telling the driver, hurry up, hurry up. When you go there, they'll tell you, Amen, Amen. Uh. <laughs> true or not true? Yeah. Yeah. They'll tell you that the guy has left. He's, he's moved to Nakuru. Now, go and find him in Nakuru. The next time you are meeting the guy is after six years. He has a wife and children. Your booking was cancelled. Before you say I came to teach you about bookings on this Good Friday. Let me move ahead. It doesn't take money to marry. It takes love. Yes. Love. You can have a simple marriage. Yes. And especially in the days we live in, forget those other times. You know, when you see, some of you, you, you are deceived by the things you are seeing. You know, especially from the West. A wedding where they've all dressed this way and they are dancing to some songs. And so I want my wedding to be like that. And then you are, you are waiting for such an extravagant wedding. If they tell you how much it costs for them to put up such weddings, you'll be shocked. And such weddings are not done by people who are earning 15,000 shillings a month. So accept your lot. You see, some of us, listen, some of us will have a humble beginning in this life. So, I may not have had that kind of a wedding, but my son on his wedding day will resemble that kind of a wedding. So, some of us, we are the beginning of families. So, accept your humble beginning and rather marry somebody who has a vision to succeed together with you. These bookings you are doing, you are just wasting your time. Good Friday bookings. (laughs) 
Careful. So we can establish this church. Let me tell you, this church will be a far better church with young ladies with their husbands, young men with their wives, than with young men and their bookings. It cannot establish the church. Yes. I said it cannot establish the church. Hey, it is fornicators that sing. Oh, if you remove favor and Aunt Agatha, it is fornicators that are singing. As for the dancing stars, there's nobody to remove. It is fornicators that are dancing. Fortune. <laughs> If you remove fortune, it is fornicators that are dancing. As for film stars, there's nobody to remove. It is fornicators that are acting. Okay, I think I've passed the message on to the church. Yes. and greatest. Let me be very careful here. (laughs) I want to be safe. Jesus died today. (laughs) You get a point now? Yes. I married when I was 26. Yes. Two years exactly, less than two years. I finished university in 2004. Oh, are you in 2004? Hmm? You were four years old. She was four years old. Yes. I married in two, I, I finished university in 2004. I married um, in 2006. Yes. Because I was a young pastor. I had young ladies in my church. Yes, I had virgins. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. And I was the senior pastor of my church. That's what my senior brother did. My senior brother married how many years after my marriage? I think 10 years or so after my marriage. Or how, how, yeah. Well, when did he marry? 2013. He's my brother, but I don't know. But you know the date. <laughs> yeah. So that's seven years to eight years, nine years after I married. Yeah, almost ten years after I married. Because he was in a senior pastor. Do you understand? Yeah. So I married 
And he married nine years after. You get it? Yes. And he badly wanted me to marry, even him. Yes. Because he wasn't getting the attention of the virgins. Yes. Who is that? It's one small teaching and you are, you are emotional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're going to pastor a church as a single man, as all your singlehood, like say, if you pastored a church for five years as a single man, you really don't have a church. You know you have a church after you marry. Yes, you know. Oh man, you will know you have a ch- whether you have a church after you marry. Yes. Because when you're single and you pastor in a church, all the young ladies wants to marry the pastor. I know pastors who had mega churches and they were single and they married and the mega churches became mini churches because all the prospects felt disappointed and lefted after you marry. Yes. And me, I didn't want that. So I, I married very early. Yes. You get a point now? Yeah. It can't be a single pastor. Unakula, eh, eh, pesa, uyu, pesa, uyu. And then he said, yeah, I'm support. I came to this country, one woman, and I went to preach for one apostle. And the day he married, a woman in the church sent macho men to collect the amplifier. <laughs> True story. I'm not joking. Yes. When he was on honeymoon, his pastor called him and said, Apostle, we have a situation. He said, what is this? So, so, so and so has sent some people to come and collect the amplifier. When he heard the name of the lady, he told them, please give her the amplifier. <laughs> yes. It was a revoked booking. <laughs> Careful. Anyway, let me move ahead. Formula for judgment. Formula for judgment. Leonie Leo. Those of you in the body who don't want to do the right things for the body to advance. Formula for judgment. All throughout the Bible, you read the formula for the basis of judgment. Yes. You see it clearly throughout the Bible what the formula for judgment is. But before I go deeper, let's go to Exodus 21. Exodus 21, verse 22 to 27. I'm going to show you the basis for all forms of judgment and justice in the Bible. <laughs> If men strive 
and hurt a woman with child so that her fruit depart from her. Two men are fighting. There's a pregnant woman standing by. Then as you are going to throw your blow, you hit her stomach and her fruit depart from her. That is, she loses her baby or miscarries and yet no mischief follow, he shall be surely punished. According as the woman's husband will lay upon him, he and he shall pay as the judges determine. Are you following? Follow, follow, follow. Mm-hmm. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life. So, in the first instance, no mischief. That is, the baby didn't miscarry. Then mischief, the baby miscarries. So when the baby does not miscarry, no mischief, the husband determines the penalty. And then you pay because you hit the pregnant woman, you know, and you hit the, the, the belly or something. Now mischief follows. The baby dies and it miscarries. Then thou shalt give life for life. Say life for life. We are going to have some terms tonight. Life for life. Mm -hmm. 24. (laughs) Eye for eye. Tooth for tooth. Hand for hand. Foot for foot. Burning for burning. Wound for wound. Stripe for stripe. And if any man smites the eye of his servant or the eye of his maid that it perish, he shall let him go for free for his eye's sake. So you are going to discipline your maid and you hurt her eyes. Do you understand? You smite her eye, all right? And then she's blinded. Those days they used to keep uh, slaves, servants. So what is her reward? You let her go free because of her eye. Get it? 27. And if he smite out his manservant's tooth <laughs> or his maidservant's tooth, he shall let him go for free for his tooth's sake. Say amen in the church. Leviticus 24, 19. <laughs> 19 and 20. Leviticus 24. Are you getting blessed? The formula for judgment. And if a man cause a blemish in his neighbor, and as he had done, so it shall be done to him. Are you seeing that all these things we read in Exodus and we're reading in Leviticus is about the body of a person. Can you see that? It's about what? The body. So, you cause a blemish in your neighbor. That is, maybe something happened and you now, because of you, 
your neighbor is crippled. That's a blemish. Because of you, your neighbor is blind. That's a blemish. I'm teaching something deep about the body. So because of you, the church is crippled. Because of you, the body is crippled. Because of you, we don't have teeth anymore. You have removed the teeth of the pastors. Are you following? It is about the body. So there is blemish in his neighbor as he has done. So shall it be done to him. Verse 20. Breach for breach. Eye for eye. Tooth for tooth. As he had caused a blemish in a man. So shall it be done to him again. So in the Bible, the measure for judgment and what is justice is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Are you following? Yes. So the fairness, the justice, the even handedness that is applied to somebody is all that we have read. If it is an eye, his eye goes. If it is the foot, his foot also goes. That is the fairness, the justice, and the even handedness prescribed in the scriptures. But wait a minute, that is the old economy. Isn't it? This is the old economy. This is the old economy. This is the old covenant. Isn't it? So, I am not expected to plug your eye because you plugged mine. We are in the new economy. Jesus has come and died. So, the Bible doesn't expect me to go around exacting justice for myself. So, here is where it gets higher or deeper. Go with me to Romans 12 verse 19. Romans 12 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. <laughs> Ordinarily, in the old economy, you pluck my eye, I plug yours. Blemish for blemish. Breach for breach. Tooth for tooth. Right? But now, this is a new economy. So, I cannot go exacting revenge for the things done to me. So, I'm showing you the formula for judgment. And under even this new economy. Because maybe you will be deceived to think that there is no more judgment. So, he says, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Stop there. This is not Leviticus 12, 19. This is not Exodus 12, 19. In Romans 12, 19, the apostle Paul says, don't avenge yourself. So everything done in the church, the pastor cannot avenge himself. What the pastor does is you remove yourself and you give room for wrath. 
whose wrath, not my wrath, but the wrath of God. Why? Because he says vengeance is mine and I will repay. Child of God, hear this. There is a God that repays everything you are doing in his body. It's hot now. And by the blood of Jesus washed away. Eh? <laughs> Be serious right now. Do you understand? He says, give room. Is it, it's even more dangerous. It's even more dangerous. When something happens under the old covenant, you strike me and we stand before the judges. They say, oh, where did he hit you? So he hit me here. The judges say, okay, you to position yourself. Hit him back. Then there, right? It may not even be the fullness of what I got. Have you seen those slapping competitions? <laughs> slapping sports. Have, have you seen them? <laughs> That's the old economy. You give me, I give you. You see that sometimes one person gives the other, but the, the, Charlie, the thing didn't land well. And the other guy prepares himself and he lands one. <laughs> so that's the old economy, right? Now, imagine that God says, no, 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 no. Don't even, wo- dear pastor, don't worry yourself. Give me room rather for wrath. I'll take the wrath because I see. I see what has been done against you. If I've done things against you, God sees it. He will repay me for what I have done against you. He will repay me. It's not a joke. Listen, here now is not you even collecting your due. It is God saying, allow me to do it for you. So God becomes your shinier. And those guys are ruthless, man. If you ever seen those guys in action, when they come to collect, man, I know one woman, she packed her car, she was going into the bank. She packed her car in the, you know those buildings that have parkings. She went into the bank, went to the bank, did her business. When she came to the spot, when she packed her car, she said, I'm on the wrong floor. She checked, check. No, I parked the car here. I parked it here. Unknown to her, Oshinias have come for the car. So when she made noise, they checked security, the Oshinias came, attached that track. Yes, break down. Uh-huh. And took the car. When she came there, the spot was empty. She went to town with her car. She was now looking for a way to look for where they took the car to go and do whatever they, they do. So, imagine God is now the auctioneer. He has come to collect. There are some of you, you do things to people and then they say, hmm. 
You see, they have given room to wrath. There is a collector. Give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. So, the formula for, listen, the formula for judgment, alright, is this. God is going to come and avenge what has been done in his body. That is the beamer. Are you listening to me? Your gossip sent 20 people out of the church. Don't worry. There is room for wrath. I, he says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. I think it's a wonderful Easter message. <laughs> Although it's not well appreciated, but it's, it's a very wonderful Easter message. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's, it's wonderful. So, when you see something done, watch this. When you see something done in the church and you, we talk, in the church we have to talk about love, we have to talk about mercy, you get it? We have to talk about forgiveness, isn't it? Now, let me show you something that Jesus said. That threw light on the uh, scripture, and then I give you the various formulas quickly. <laughs> hey. <laughs> this scripture I'm giving you, you have to see this scripture. In the light of Romans 12, 19. But I'll show you what I mean. Matthew 5, verse 38 and 39. This is Jesus introducing the element of mercy into God's formula for judgment. All right? He have heard that it had been said, an eye for an eye. So Jesus is, is establishing the formula. He's quoting from the Old Testament, right? And a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. This is where it gets dangerous. You want to slap me? Please slap me. Why would I allow you to slap me? Then I will remember Romans 12. I'm giving room for wrath. So you have heard he said, an eye for an eye. But that's why I said to you earlier, I cannot come for your eye because you came for mine. I can't come for your tooth because you came for mine. Right? So he says, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, do what? Tend to him the other also. Right? So Jesus is showing you that as but what I said earlier, I can't come for you when you slap me. When you slap me, mine is to say, do you feel like slapping this one too? And you say, ah, foolish man, bring him. Then you slap me, right? But is there a God that sees? Yes, Romans 12. Go there. He says, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Which is written first. Matthew 5. Jesus said this one first. 
This is said later by an apostle that saw the resurrected Christ. So, you slap me, I will slap you back. Why? I am not to avenge myself. I am to give place for wrath. Why must I give place for wrath? So that there is no judgment. So there is no justice. No. There is somebody that avenges on my behalf. So he says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Number one. Seed for seed. (laughs) Seed for seed. (laughs) Because all of these things I'm saying is on the basis of the principle of sowing and reaping. Yes. Whatever you are sowing, manze, you're going to reap it. (laughs) Seed for seed. (laughs) It's wild. I said the message is wild. Seed for okay. Because every one of these formula is based on this principle. Seed for seed. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For soever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whatever a man sows, I pretend you are not reading it, but you, you are going to. Whatever a man sows, wonderful. God has set in motion the principle of sowing and reaping. You scatter this church seed for seed. When I said follow me well, eh? he also says seed for seed. There are wonderful ones coming. (laughs) Seed for seed. I have never since my eyes opened and I could tell difference. A man put corn into the ground and reaps papaya. It is against the law of nature that you plant corn and you harvest Ndegu. It's, it's called Ndengu. Yeah. That you plant corn. And when you came, there is cocoyam. It has never happened. And as long as that, in, in fact, that is, that is, the, the, there's an English word I'm looking for. It, it, should I say it's freak? It, it, it's, it's an abnormal thing. It hasn't happened before. It will never happen. Even in the world of advancement that we live in, when you put corn in, corn will come out. So the time for seed comes in. But hear me, child of God, the time for harvest also follows. There are some things you have done in his body, seed for seed. You will not escape the harvest. If you sowed the seed, there will be a harvest. 
When we finish, I can lead you in the prayer of forgiveness. Seed for seed. What seed have you sown? What is the seed you are sowing? I'm telling you, child of God, you won't escape the product, the harvest of that particular seed. And sometimes it comes, maybe sometimes not even in your lifetime, but you have sown into a generation. They attack somebody's farm or somebody's property. And then human beings saw the opportunity to go and steal condo. You carry something that does not belong to you. You see, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you don't take care, Kenya would degenerate into South Africa. Every one of you owe it to yourself to fight for your destiny. Stop this thing of waiting for political, this political party will come and then Kenya will be better. It will never happen. They fought for many years. A man went to prison for 27 years that they will gain independence for South Africa. Mandela was in prison for 27 years. When they won independence, since they won, Mandela came out and ANC started ruling South Africa. They have done nothing for their people. Every now and then, the black man in South Africa has to rise up to kill another black man from another country that has come and is working day and night whilst they wait for the government strangers, foreigners have come and they are working day and night and then that's what they call xenophobia. So every now and then they look at the sources of uh, a Kenyan and they say, no, we must bend it down, we must kill them and they kill people and they shed and the more they shed blood, the more deplorable the country is, not because of anything but because of the people ruling the country. You owe it to yourself to fight to become great. Not one day you see a rich man and then you envy what the rich man has. That is what you saw when somebody went carrying people's condo. Some of you when you saw it, you say, hey, where was I that day? I should have been around the area. I saw a video of a, a man and his wife or a man and his babe or a man, uh, a babe and his man. <laughs> right? Yes. And a man and his booking. You know? And they were trying to take the condo away and the condo was not going. Yes. They tried to open the boot. The boot refused to open. They tried to open the car doors. The car doors. You see what I stopped what astonished me was that this man had a woman in his life. And a woman should not be a thief. At least let 
the man be the thief, but a woman should not be a thief. Yes. He's trying to open. He has blocked the condo. He has booked the condo. You are not going anywhere. He's tried to open the booth. He called the lady to, I think the lady was going for another condo. Broad daylight. Now, these two, if they are married, seed for seed, what do you think, what kind of children do you think they'll produce? Thieves. The Bible says in the book of Zechariah, there is a curse in the house of a thief. Look, the condo will allow me to go. <laughs> the condo is cra- allow me to go. The lady has gone trying to open one boot. The boot refused. Kundu is allow. You are not my shepherd. Allow me to go. You are not my shepherd. Allow me to go. The man has gone to try and open the boot. All this time, God is telling them, "Don't steal what is not yours." I pity those of you who will marry somebody who is, who is exactly like you. Who thinks exactly like you and acts exactly. I pity you. They have tried. Now even opening the back door. is not opening. If this was a West African, the guy would say, mm, this condo is cursed. You leave it there and drive away. Yes. This guy, if his pastor told him, go and do an akazo, you say, I'm afraid. But look at his importunity. This condom, if you tell him, go and bring one person to church, he'll say, oh, I went, pastor, they told me they cannot come. Look at the effort at getting one condo to go with them. They're not giving up. See, let me tell you something. There is a curse in the house of the thief. Yes. That house there is a cursed house. Do you understand what I'm saying? I I often tell you, you need somebody in your life who will tell you, no, don't do this. This is wrong. Let's not do this. Yes. That's why when I find beloveds in the church forming us against you, I don't envy you. Two of you are not correct. Oh yeah. I expect to see two beloveds in the church. You are fooling and your beloved tells you straightforward you are misbehaving. I don't support your nonsense in the church. But because your relationship is bookings, if you talk nonsense, don't give you. Yes, now. You see that your booking has been cancelled right now. Yeah? Oh. Oh. Careful. Whatever seed you are sowing, it's going to come. The harvest, oh, it's going to come. Oh, yeah. And there are so many seeds people are sowing. 
so many seeds. How long does a maize take to reach harvest? Three months. Depending on your seed, eh? you'll get the harvest quicker. But you, you went for avocado farming. <laughs> I want to show you the different types of seed. Do you understand? So, what I'm coming to say goes deeper. Yeah. If you sow maize, huh? three, four months, harvest. Eh? Harvest has come, right? So, you have to sow another seed if there will be another harvest. Isn't it? Yes. Some of you, what the seed you are sowing is not maize. You have sown avocado seeds. The tree is growing. It will, take, it will grow. But after it's fully grown, you'll be receiving the harvest every year. I don't know how many times in a year. Do you understand? Careful what seed. I prefer maize, maize seed. One harvest, you measure. Yes. There are some seeds that are passed down. That's the avocado seed now. Okay, forget avocado. I don't like the way people are looking at me. Mango. Right? Mango. How many times do they harvest mango a year? Twice, 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 twice. Good. So, you have sown the mango seed and it's a plantation. Do you get it? Then now, when the, the moment the harvest starts, every year, your harvest comes twice. Oh, yeah. I prefer maize seed. Yes. You, you don't sow maize seed once. If you come from Kitali, you have to go and clear the whole farm again, go through the process, do you understand, to get another harvest. No, some of you, what you're doing goes beyond just four months. It's a generational thing. Whatever David did was generational. So, God said to him, the sword shall not depart from your house. And since that time, when the mango seed started bearing, ah, it was one problem after another. One pro- and he reigned for 40 years. So, all the stories you read about Absalom, about Joab, about um, 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 Tama and all those span 40 years. There are some people, their harvest will come when they are 60 years old. Oh, yes. Seed for number two, wind for wind. <laughs> wind for wind. <laughs> Hosea 8-7. I think someone has seen their wind. <laughs> For they have sown the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. Well 
it had no stock, the bad shall yield no meal. If so be it yield, the strangers shall swallow it up. And God. They have sown the wind. They shall reap the wind. The well wind. It had no stock. The bad shall yield no meal. If it so be, if anything, the last part, eh, watch this. If like the, 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 the thing tries to beat the wind and it tries to yield something, that's why it says, if so be. Like if there's an attempt, oh, don't have beat the system. You sowed wind. You are trying to even reap a bad or a stock. Ah, no, he said, if it yield, it's supposed to yield well wind. Then you see the stock is trying to yield. The bad is trying to yield. If it at all, it yields anything. He says, strangers shall swallow it up. So by the time strangers swallow it up, there'll be nothing. You reap the wind. You, 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 you sow the wind, you reap the well wind. Yes. If you see the whirlwind coming at you, it is because you have sown the wind. Now the church is quiet. I like the quietness. Watch out when you speak strong and terrible words that destroy someone's life and ministry. Very strong and Terrible words will also be spoken against you. Words of blasphemy will boomerang in your direction. You may not be able to recover from the effects of the boomerang of your backbiting and slanderous words. It gets hot now. You sit in the church with slander. Uh The church is quiet. You sit in the church full of backbiting. What are you doing? You are sowing the wind. These are the things that empty centers, empty basantes, empties the church. You are sowing the wind. You will not escape the well wind. The formula for judgment. Wind for wind. <laughs> it's a good Easter message. And I didn't start today. For those of you thinking we came today and he's telling us this. I started Kitambo. <laughs> Some people are seated here. Their head has been removed. You, you have just come. Your body is intact. I'm trying to remove the fingers. You are complaining. <laughs> you see, sowing the wind is emptying a place. Yes. My church has been emptied. I had people who had centers that had 50 people and they sowed the wind in their wake of walking away. They scattered the center and emptied it. You have sown the wind. One day, the well wind will meet you as a harvest. And I'm not the one saying it. That's why I laid the foundation that Jesus says, I should leave room for wrath. I should give place for wrath. He's the one. Now. So this is his formula, not me. I'm not the one coming to say, you shall receive the world wind. No, what did you sow? Win now. What should he bring to you? 
whirlwind, wind for wind. Just that there is a well before your own wind. You see some people's lives and they go like this in circles. You see, a wind blows in whatever direction. A wind, the normal wind. But when it's a whirlwind, it goes in circles. When you see your life going like this, zunguka, 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 like that. You're doing zunguka, 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 zunguka. Ask yourself, which whirlwind is this? Ask yourself, in whose life, in whose ministry did I sow the wind? You see, you cannot say amen now. This is not a message to say amen. Let, let me accept that for now. Yeah, it's mine for me to just teach. Yes, if you are saying amen, there must be a problem with you. So, I, I understand you can't say amen. Yeah? The whirlwind, ten, it, tends, it takes you like this, round and round, round and round, round and round. So, it's not the pastor won't stand there and say, hey, they shall receive the whirlwind. No, 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 no. God himself has a formula. So he looks at you and he sees your seed. Oh, you came with wind. Oh, you use the wind to empty the church. Oh, the choir is empty because of you. Oh, the church is not. Oh, because. Oh, so your reward is well wind. That's, that's what you have chosen. No problem. No problem. Yes. There's no escape. Yes. Number three, blood for blood. <laughs> blood for blood. Damu Damu Kwadamu Yes Blood for blood Revelation 16 verse 5 to 6 you See some of you You are not liking the message But you are writing notes It still, it, it still suffices for me And I heard the angel of the waters say, Asuma, there are angels for the waters. Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast what? Judged us. What has he judged? Let's look at what he has judged. <laughs> for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets and thou has given them blood to drink for they are worthy your mission in the church is to kill a prophet <laughs> oh it's about to go down I still have some time. In fact, I have wonderful time. <laughs> hey. Some of you, you think God sent you here to kill me. <laughs> some of you think you have permission from God to kill me. No problem. I will die. But when I die, he will give you blood to drink. This man, we will frustrate him till he dies. No, don't worry. I have accepted that I must die. <laughs> I have accepted. 
Oh yeah, I've accepted that I must die. Ah, you didn't read? Jesus said, woe to anyone who causes one of these little ones to fall. It would have been better. So, find a huge stone. Hang it around your neck. Go to Lake Victoria. Announce to Nyanza that it is better you go this way and jump into the lake. Yes. I've said it in this church severally. I've watched and read God's ways of working out things and it doesn't make sense to me. He wants to punish Jeroboam. He raises Rehoboam. Rehoboam, yeah, God is using me to teach Jeroboam. Asomoa, he's going to deal with Rehoboam also. So be careful when you are the one being used to teach me a lesson. You too, you won't escape. I have seen God's workings in the scriptures. And I don't understand. I mean, I mean, Jeroboam should be favored. He was in his corner. The prophet met him. He said, oh, the kingdom will be given to you. And he is used as an instrument of God. Few years down the line, God is dealing. In fact, his dealing with Jeroboam was worse. How many of you know that God can use you to punish his most beloved son? His most beloved, the person he loves the most, he will use you. You see, but his dealing with his son is different. When he has finished using you, what he will do to you? No, don't believe me. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. That's why I pity those who think that God has appointed them, do you understand, to deal with men of God. He will use you all right. But when he's done with you, or with his, and the person may be his beloved son. He loves, and because God chastises the sons he receives and the ones he loves. Are you listening to me? But you, when you have, he has finished using you. Matiangi was working in this country showing power, power, power. power. <laughs> walking around showing power, power, power. Hey! He's told, command all the foreigners to appear here. He commanded us. We appeared somewhere. We killed. He was used power, power, power. Then when he, 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 he was used and finished. Today, <laughs> and there's another one in his place who is also being used life is the bible is so real yes he's sending warning to somebody yeah he will also exercise power he will kill a few he will do this he will do that when they are finished with you So, ask yourself that why am I the instrument of somebody's punishment? And I'll answer you for free. 
is because your greater punishment awaits you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Take me back to Revelation. They don't want to see that scripture. Leave it there. He will give them, he says, I shall give them blood to drink. He has given them blood to drink. How can you shed blood and not receive blood? Blood for blood. You should have waited for Sunday and come. <laughs> and celebrate in white. You got a point now. Yeah. Blood for blood. Some people, I, I, I don't know if it's in Matthew. Uh, it just escaped me right now. There is an amount of blood of the prophet that has been shed from the prophet to Isis Zachariah. And he says that, talking about Jerusalem, this thing of blood to blood, God, let me say this to you before I even finish that thought. There is no blood of the servants of God. God will not avenge. Precious in his sight is the death of his son. Listen, there is no single blood of a man of God, a prophet. There is none that will not be avenged. So, the altar, I, I think I'll look for that scripture. The altar from the prophets to Zechariah or the prophet they slay. And it included, it included John the Baptist. One woman went and used twerking to receive the head of a prophet. I tell you women are powerful, you think I'm joking. A woman used twerking. He said, you, you thought twerking started? No, 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 no. Herodias' daughter used twerking. She twerked for the king and then the king said, ask anything you will. Anything you ask, I'll give you. After twerking for the king. In fact, um, church history says her name is Salome. The daughter of um, Herodias. Yes. If you see a girl called Salome, forgive me, you are dangerous. <laughs> hey, are you here or you've gone home? Yeah. Huh. yeah. Give me verse 34. You looked for the scripture. I'm happy you did. Give me 33. Ye serpents. Forgive me, I'm not addressing you. I'm reading scripture. Ye generation of vipers. 
How can ye escape the damnation of hell? 34. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes and some of them ye shall kill and crucify and some of them ye shall shall ye scorch in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. Some of you are trying to chase me out of this city. But I will not be chased. <laughs> My two feet is on the ground. Gidigbam. Yes. They persecute. You will be. Hey, what they did is being done today. There are pastors who cannot stay in their churches. 35. That upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of Barakias, whom he slew between the temple and the altar. There are people in the church that are slaying priests between the temple and the altar. Not outside the church. We are talking about in the body. In the body. In the church is where the ministry of Zacharias is being slain. A pastor only have to come to the temple between the temple and by the time he gets to the, the church people have killed him. <laughs> One day our first president went to the first president of our country, a group of people didn't like him in the country. So he went to the north and they planted a bomb in a bouquet of flowers and gave it to a small girl. You know, normally the president had met very small, beautiful girls to hand over. If you see the wickedness of men, who will put bomb in a bouquet? And put it in the hand of an innocent child. Very beautiful girl. And says, carry this and give to the president. And that president was also not a joke. He escaped the bomb. Yes. He escaped. How he escaped the bomb was marvelous. Yes. He, He was also a spiritual person. Not a believer. I, I, I can't say he was a believer, but he had his own things. Yes. I, you understand? He had his own things. Yes. He, because he escaped, is it about three assassination attempts? One of them was a bomb in a bouquet given to a beautiful small girl like this. Like the president has arrived and then you, she's taking a bouquet. A bomb was inside. Yes. From that time is when the, he switched. The guy switched. When he gets his enemies, he takes them to prison. And he leaves them on the bare floor. Sometimes they hit the floor. He switched. He realized that these people, I don't kill them, they kill me. Yes. I don't know, I've forgotten how many people died when a bomb exploded. Yeah, but he escaped it. Yes. When people want to kill you, they want you dead. If you like, be in the temple. They will chase you into the temple and kill you between the temple and the altar. 
And the church is quiet. I, you know, I like, I like, I like it. I like it. Number four, distraction for distraction. Hey, ah, distraction for distraction. The formula for judgment. Are you here? Uh-huh. How many choirs have you destroyed? How many centers have you destroyed? How many visions have you destroyed? V- distraction for distraction. Formula for judgment. This is your ninth choir. <laughs> Madam Choir Director. Matthew 26, verse 23 to 25. And he answered and said, He that dipped his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. That's the ninth. He betrayed Jesus. Today, he was hanging. <laughs> the son of man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. So like I was saying earlier, you see, Judas had to be used. But when you have when you have done your work, <laughs> that is why you can be anything. Don't become a Judas. Yes. Disloyalty. Disloyalty. You see, when you have been used to kill the vision, to finish whatever it needs to, when you finish, you have sown certain seeds. And if you sow distraction, then distraction waits for you. So Judas, he says, but woe. I know I must die. Oh. And I will be betrayed. But woe to the man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Frowning will not help you. The scripture will not change. <laughs> Some of you are waiting for the scripture to change. It's not going to change. Uh-huh. Verse 25. Then Judas, which betrayed me, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said, Distraction for distraction. Yes. What happened? Jesus was hanged on the tree. What happened to Judas? Distraction for distraction. Yes. There is no disloyal person that will escape what they themselves have sold. Sometimes we spend resources, we spend time just trying to build something. And then the thing is destroyed deliberately. You see a choir that is doing well. One person will just, hey, 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 hey. it's too bad. And then destroy the choir. And then one person, dancing stars, doing well. And then one person says, Charlie, we cannot be doing well here. It's too peaceful around here. Yeah. You get the point now? So when you saw distraction, just like Judas, oh, come on. It comes. It is distraction for distraction. Amen? Number five. A freak for a freak. (laughs) A freak for a freak. It's about to go down. 
<laughs> a freak for a freak. I can see one freak in the church tonight. Second Samuel 16. <laughs> Don't ask me who. Verse 21 to 23. <laughs> Let's see the activity of a freak son. One of the abnormalities of life, watch me, is for a son to sleep with his father's wife. It's an abnormality. It is only a freak that will engage in such an activity. Do you understand? Yesterday we saw one freak in the church in Corinth. You see, you're not here. And it was in the church, in the body. Yes, in the body. (laughs) It is an abnormality. But watch this. And Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Go in unto thy father's concubines, which he hath left to keep the house. So at this time, Absalom has chased his father. He's entered the palace. He's taking charge and he's realized, ah, David's women are here. (laughs) We're not talking about a stranger. We're talking about the direct son of the king. Are you following? So the counsel of Ahithophel was this. Your father has left his women to keep the house. Now go in unto thy father's concubines. That is, go and sleep with them. Go in. Do you understand? Go in. Switch to NLT straight out. I told him, go and sleep with your father's concubines. For he has left them here to look after the palace. Then all Israel will know that you have insulted your father beyond the hope of reconciliation. There are things people do, it goes beyond the hope of reconciliation. Yes. You'll be surprised that there is something Nathan can do one day and it can go beyond the hope of reconciliation. Yes. And one of those things was what Absalom was being advised to do. And the person advising him was telling him that once you do this, everybody will know that you are not interested in reconciling with your father. And they will throw their support to you. 22. So they set up a tent on the palace roof where everyone could see it. Watch me. In those days, the buildings had flat roofs. 
that oversee maybe the compound, a flat, a short. If you go to Israel today, the houses are like that. You know, if you go to Ngara, Indians like living in such houses. Uh, yes, the flat roof so you can see. So, Absalom said, I should do this, no problem. Do this for me. Set up something on the rooftop where everyone could see it. And Absalom went in and had sex with his father's concubines. It's about to go down. 23. Absalom followed Ahithophel's advice just as David had done. For every word Ahithophel spoke seemed as wise as though it had come directly from the mouth of God. I said, be careful when you are being used as a whipped. So what did Absalom do? David had enough concubines, by the way. It wasn't one. So if you are thinking that he had 30 minutes match. No, 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 no. It was an all-day affair. Israel guarded. You get the point now? Israel what? Guarded. If it was today's, today, it would be done on Snapchat or TikTok. Pay to view. That is, Absalom was the first guy to set up pay. Only fans. It's called OnlyFans. Yes, OnlyFans. So, he set up the tent. I think if you read further, you see that. What he did was, he set it up and he humbled David's precious women. All David's women were precious to him because each of them, he had to do something to get them. So, they were very precious to him. Do you understand? He humbled them. These women did not sleep with Absalom willingly. No. You either do or you die. So all of Israel gathered there. What is happening? What is happening? So Absalom is having sex with David's wives. Who, who is there now? Who is inside now? Then they'll mention a name. <laughs> And then in those days, the setups was with shears. So you can see through, you may not see, but you can see the movement through the shears. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So every, when he's done, and you get out, everybody is clapping. Absalom has finished with that one. It was a day of humiliation for David's women. In fact, much later when David came, he had to set these women aside. Only a freak son will dare to do what Absalom did. Your father has slept. These are his women. It is known in all Israel that this is your father's concubine. And in those days, Cockingbad was legitimate. 
You, you, do you understand? Yes. The king could have as many women as he wanted. Do, do you understand? Yes. And then Absalom defied. Hey. All the styles Absalom did. Imagine when he finished with this one. Somebody updated on the status. <laughs> Do you understand? The style, the particular style Absalom used for this one. He humbled and humiliated all of the father's women. Not in secret, in broad daylight. You see, some of you, you like to cause problems in broad daylight. And then you like your punishment in secret. No, 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 no. If you are a freak, a freak for a freak. So when it was time for Absalom to die... He also had to die hanging by the thread of his hair publicly. God had orchestrated it. He hung there. He hung there. The same way everyone could see the disgrace he sold into his father's life. He also hung by the thread of his hair. You are pretending like you are bored with the formula for judgment. Oh yeah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. I'm going to read this. Watch out when you take your father's precious things and embarrass him in the eyes of all. (laughs) You are cursed beyond measure because you have humiliated your father and laid his precious treasure bare. You receive a knock on your head that matches your impudence and wickedness. You receive a freak accident that matches your freak behavior. You receive an aberration and an abnormality that matches your aberrations and inappropriate behavior. Too much grammar there. Number six, a traitor for a traitor. A traitor for a traitor. In case you are pretending you don't know what I was mentioning. When Absalom betrayed his father, he also inherited a betrayer in the form of Ahitophel. Or rather Hushai. Do you understand? Yes. A prince. He was a prince. The traitors in the church, in the body, are never the ordinary church member. Fortune that comes to church and, and goes. Uh, people that comes to church. So lift your hands, worship the Lord. And then they worship the Lord. And then so have we finished worshiping the Lord? Yes. Let's share the grace. They share the grace and go. They are rarely the traitors 
in the church. They are not. The traitors are the trusted people. Trusted with position. Trusted with souls. They are the ones that, if you're looking for a traitor, if you listen, even in your own life, there is nobody that is as dangerous as your friend today. Write it down. Hannah, the whole system has changed. (laughs) Somebody said that it is easier to forgive an enemy than to forgive a friend. Oh, yes. And it makes sense. As for your enemy, he hates you from afar. But how about the one you brought close? Your own familiar friend. You ate food with. You see, if all of us will live in this life and never ever be betrayed, you should live and not have anybody close to you. That's the only way you'll be without a traitor is to not have a single person around you. And that also is not possible because we are um, social animals. Do you understand? You want a friend, somebody to talk to. Imagine the person you're talking to is talking to somebody you don't talk to. I say, imagine the person you're talking to is talking to somebody you don't talk to. It is easier to forgive an enemy than a friend. Because you never invested your trust in an enemy. He, he, he publicly dis displayed. I'm your enemy. I don't like you, Rachel. So you know, he doesn't like me. But how about the one you loved and you liked? That now sells you out. The vision I share with people are destroyed by the people I Nobody from outside the church has ever destroyed the church. The people from within the church are the ones that have destroyed the church. I never, who is my enemy? And I've gone looking for them. I have never looked for an enemy ever in my life. But I've had people who were like friends and I shared with them. All the people that an orangu will manifest. He'll say, hey, I cannot believe that purity can do that to you, apostle. And you, you share, you pour. I cannot believe it myself. They also end up becoming orangus. So these days, when people become orangu and I hear somebody commenting on them, I say, hey, she has been marked. I'm telling you the truth. I'm, I'm talking of the people that have direct access and they'll show me solidarity. Apostle, hey, hey, uh, pole, 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 apostle. I, 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 can, I can imagine what you're going through right now. You never expected it from the, the person talking like that, eh? Is the next orangu. People can be wicked in this. Apostle, 
You are bleeding, I know. The person has been marked. Yeah, the person has been marked. I have seen it over and over and over and over again. Yes. What do I have to do with an enemy? In fact, you, I have nothing to worry about enemies. I have everything to worry about my friends. There were people who came around. I took them like my children. I took care of them. Today you should see the defiance in their face when they see me. It's not an enemy that left that betrayed me. It's my friend. And David had that experience. He said, my own familiar friend who has eaten my bread has lifted up his heels against me. It is the people that eat your bread that will lift their heels against you. Don't never be surprised. So a traitor for a traitor, whatever you sow as a traitor, get ready to inherit one son someday. Let, let me say this as I move to the next one. If all of us knew where we are headed in this life, we will be careful the seeds we sow today. Some of you are on your way to becoming managers, on your way to becoming a boss. Whatever you are sowing, imagine you have inherited a bunch of workers that are disloyal. But if that's what you have sown, get ready. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Careful. I used to express a lot of anger at the things a group I had used to do. And I used to express that anger because I've not sown those seeds to receive that harvest. So I used to repel them. I refused them. I've never been, listen, I've never been under anybody's ministry. God called me at the age of 14, 15. I've never been anybody's assistant pastor to sow such seeds. Because I became a pastor just by a pastor calling me and telling me, gather children to watch television. Do you understand? Billy Graham is going to preach. That's how I entered the ministry. So I watched Billy Graham preach. I got saved Sunday afternoon around 4.35 p.m on a black and white television. Then he told me, I don't want the area people to accuse me that I'm carrying people's children to my church. So next week, gather the people that God saved and teach them. Sunday, by the next Sunday, I became a leader of a small group of young people. That's how my ministry started. That's how my ministry started. And then I started raising leaders. I have raised leaders all over the place. I, I have my sons. You, you'll be surprised who I've raised. And then I comforted myself that it's not about me. And the other day, a, great, a bishop told me something that calmed my soul. And I accepted it. Yes. Do you understand? Yeah. 
I'm not the kind that went to somebody's ministry. Then I collected rich people. I'm now trying to look for the rich people in the ones God has given me. I've never entered a ministry and collected rich people to start my church. No. The ones that have come from Shorimoyo, I'm trying to see if I can turn them into millionaires by the grace of God. I'm telling you. Why do you think I do a meeting like Turning Point and I stand here from 5.30 praying? It's because I want my church members to prosper. Show me one. The one who came and seemingly looked prosperous was using his money to chop some of you. Show me one person that has walked into this church with a money bag and said, I'm supporting this ministry every month with this amount. No. From the beginning of the church up to today. Why do you think I get angry at your unseriousness? It's because your delay in catching what you ought to catch is my delay. That's the beginning of my ministry. My ministry didn't have a beginning. In I went under a pastor. Then I took his people. You understand? And then started my own church. No, my ministry doesn't have that beginning. Are you listening to me? Yes. Because there are people who are called pace setters or pioneers. If you're a pioneer, you, you, you will start a new work from, from the ground. Yes. So you, you have come into the work of a pioneer. And you have decided, I will sow the seed of a traitor. A traitor for... Number seven. Let's move on quickly. I will for I will. <laughs> uh, I will for I will. <laughs> yes, now. I will for I will. We are going to look at five I wills of a traitor. And then the response, which is also five I wills by God himself. I will for I will. So don't sit in the church and you think that when you say I will, we should also be quiet and not will. When you say I will, God has I will for you too. See, now you can't say amen. I, I, I like the preacher. I'm only getting. <laughs> I will for I will. Yes, let's look at it. Isaiah 14, 12 to 15. Isaiah 14, 12 to 15. Look at it. How art thou fallen? Who is that person there? 12, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? So we are talking about Lulu. You understand? We're talking about Lulu. Do you understand? Let's look at what Lulu did in God's church. You get the point now? Okay, so... How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, Look at it. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north 
I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. To the sides of the pit. Do you see that? Good. Let's move to Ezekiel 28 verse 16 to 18. If you are not enjoying the teaching, I've enjoyed the pre-teaching. <laughs> Ezekiel 28, 16 to 18. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I, we are now looking at another I will of another person. So, Lulu has done his will. Do you understand? This is Lulu's will. We see Lulu's I will in Isaiah 14. Now we are going to see Jehovah's I will in Ezekiel 28. Come on now. I will for I will. I said I will for I will. <laughs> Some of you think your I will should not go challenged. And God says, if you will, I will also will something. You got a point now? Even if you frown at this scripture, it's scripture. You can't do anything about it. (laughs) By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub. From the midst of the stones of fire, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Careful. Those of you who are riding on your beauty, careful. I said those of you riding on your beauty, careful. Your beauty has made you say, I will. God said me to tell you that he also will do something. Careful. I will. Because of your beauty, I will. Because of your beauty, I won't respect any man. Careful. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Those of you with a little brightness, you won't let us sleep. (laughs) And because of the brightness, I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities. By the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore, I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. So look at the five I wills of Lulu. Write it, the five I wills of Lulu. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, I will ascend into heaven. <laughs> Number two, I will exalt my throne. Lulu says, I will ascend into heaven. Number two, I will exalt my throne. Number three, I will sit on the mount of the congregation. Some people can sit on their pastor's seat. Lulu spirit. (laughs) 
I will sit on the mount of the congregation. Number four, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Number five, I will be like the most high God. That is the five wheels of Lucifer. Yes. Brother Lulu had I wheels. Get the point? Let's look at the five I wills of God. Number one, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. <laughs> Number two, I will destroy thee. Number three, I will cast thee to the ground. Number four, I will lay thee before kings. Then number five, I will bring thee to ashes. The five I wills of Lucifer were met with five I wills of God. <laughs> I will for I will. When the shaking of head becomes the response to the teaching. In a ingia. In a ingia. <laughs> five I wills. God says I also have five I wills. You see, Bishop says, Lucifer rose up with his strong will and pride. I've never seen people humble. They are all humble until they get the name shepherd. Titus, I'm teaching. In the church, they are all, when they are without a title, they are all humble. Oh, yeah. When you see them, they are, they are humble. They are humble. They are humble. They, I mean, they are humble. Lucifer just by his position and the manner of how he was created, suddenly had a strong will and pride. You see it manifesting in people that have been given positions, that have been given titles, that have been given placement. Suddenly, they forget the appointing authority. He rose up against God and declared his intentions to rise up and overthrow almighty God. He had completely forgotten that he was appointed and created. You appoint people as shepherds and then suddenly they think you don't have the right to teach them anymore. You don't have the right to tell them sit down. You appoint pastors and they cannot now become your sheep anymore. That's it. The moment they are called pastors, they forget that they are all still your sheep. 
The title doesn't change the fact that you are still my sheep. Hey. At least that one you are saying it. So today's message is in the place of amen will do hey. God Almighty met him and threw him down with a great show of strong will and determination. Lucifer deserved to be thrown down with strength because he had raised up himself against God. Yeah. A man built a multi-million company. And then he wanted to retire briefly, you know. So he handed over the company to his son. Few months of his son taking over the company, the guy started firing everybody. Even the older people his father worked with, who he could learn much from. You see, he forgot that he was appointed. You didn't build it. Many of you, before you came, this church existed. So if you are given a small position to contribute something to, don't, 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 that pride that tells you that, oh, without my 40, the church doesn't exist. It's a, it's a lie. You see, without your 40, you are still seated here. What does that tell you? Without your 20, you are seated here. That should tell you that even me, if I become something without me, this church can still exist. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. You may think that the church is there because I'm there. It's not true. It's not true. This church is not my church such that if I'm not there, that's why I can afford to go away for more than a month. And I should be able to go away for times. Let it, don't be fooled to, oh, yeah, because I won't bring my journey. Listen, 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 listen. It is his church. When even you don't bring your 20 and you don't bring yourself, we still have church without you. Oh, you are pretending you didn't hear. I said, when you don't bring your 10 and you don't bring your 15, and you, then you also decide, I won't bring myself. We still have church without you. What is the basic unit of the church? If you did science, there's something they call SI unit. The basic unit of any church. You see, let this deflate your ego that has overblown. Some of you, even though you are still not shepherds, you still have an ego of a shepherd and the pride of a falling shepherd. You are a falling shepherd. Accept that fact. Even when after God has invoked his I wills, you are still walking around with pride. (laughs) What is the basic unit of the church? Jesus gave us that formula. He says, where two or three are guarded in my name, there I am in their means. Finito. So if you take your whatever, you disappear. And I have Titus and I have Eric. And why are we here? We are not talking about bookings. We have gathered in the name. Jesus is right here. That's the church. 
That's the church. Without you. That's the church. So you see, your pride and your ego about how your, our survival is dependent on you. Ah, please. That is, Lulu's I will. Lulu's I will. You have too many Lulu's I will. Some people even sit down and decide how they are going to punish me. Me. Who am I for you to punish? Me. You are punishing a man who doesn't even know you are punishing him. The same way some people make posts thinking you have seen the post. I don't see the post. Tulia. Some of you, let's be honest, you are not truly, you are not even saved. The things you post on your status and you select who to mute, not to view your status is, is, it doesn't fool anybody. Yes. Anna. You are walking in a lot of Lulu's I will. Yes. There's something as Lulu's I will. I will, I will, I will. I will show them. One lady left this church many years ago. She said, I will leave the church and I see how they will pay the rent of the church. It has been almost how many years now? Without her, we are still here. If you think your I will is more powerful than the I wills of God. Check what happened to Lucifer when God invoked his I wills now. Careful. That's why it is a foolish son that challenges his father. Yes. When your father invokes his I will, man. Hey. You must leave this convention angry. <laughs> How can Lulu have I wills and God doesn't have I will? Come on now. Someone who was responsible for your beginning. He created you. He appointed you. He, he's the one who told everybody, call him the anointed cherub. You, when you were working, working in this church, who called you? Who even looked in your direction until they called you shepherd? And I said, oh, shepherd, everybody wanted to, yeah. Falling shepherd. Even though you are falling as a result of the I wills of the father, you are still proud. <laughs> I'll tell you the story of the young man whose father. Then he the father said, No, 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 no. I've worked with this man for so many years. He has said, The guy will not listen. He fired and the man got tired and he removed himself from retirement and brought himself back and sat the son. Never you forget that. It's someone who appointed me. Yes. How many points do you have? 
Uh, stop pretending. How many points do you have? <laughs> At least I, I have to give you 12 before you leave here. So you say you have how many? Seven. seven. You have seven. I have more than 12. Oh. 12 is my, the list I want to give you tonight. Yes. Until we have reached your own. Yes. Somebody's own is I will for I will. And somebody's is what? Freak for freak. Yes. So number eight, an end for the end. An end for the end. (laughs) An end for the end. Those of you who are ending visions. Those of you who bring visions to an end. Those of you who kill ministries. There is an end for an end. Yes. Matthew 27 verse 4 to 5. Let's see an end for an end. (laughs) I saw a friend of mine's post. He just wrote this week. I think yesterday or today. He just wrote Judas. Like he has remembered that Jesus died because so he just called Judas his name. That's all. (laughs) Verse 4. Saying, I have seen in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. You see, he has betrayed Jesus. Jesus is now beyond the point. Of, and then he goes back to them in regret. I betrayed somebody that was innocent. An innocent blood. Verse 5. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the end. And departed and went and hanged himself. So he brought Jesus' life to an end and he also had his life ending. Anything you are bringing to an end by demonic means, you also prepare for a certain end. Careful. Yeah, you see, when the nothing is now the the, the norm in the preaching, you know that in a ingia, in a ingia. Yes. Number nine. Disrespect for disrespect. Ah, disrespect for disrespect. <laughs> I feel it. First Samuel two thirty. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, "I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever." But now the Lord said, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be highly, lightly esteemed. Disrespect for disrespect. Eli did not respect the ministry highly enough to restrain and restrict his sons openly. Some of the things done in the body, people want us to allow them to run amok in the church. You want to have a center, you're sleeping with five girls, the pastor has no right to call you to order. That is not a church with judgment. If there is a church with judgment and you are doing something as that, somebody has to call you to order. When you are turning the center to something or you are turning the church into something it shouldn't be. Somebody has to be bold and call you to order. 
That's judgment in the church. And remember, we're talking about the things done in his body. We're not talking about the white throne judgment. The things done in his body. The body being the church. If you are a shepherd and we find you in the abortion clinic. (laughs) You have gone to kill a baby. Do you understand? Yeah, there must be a judgment. Yes. When you disrespect the ministry, get ready. Disrespect for? Some of you, God is looking at you right now and he's shocked at you that you didn't put value on the ministry he gave you. He's looking at you and he said, is it like Moses asked Datan, Korah, and Abiram, cement it a small thing that the Lord God called you from amongst your brethren. Some of you soon and quickly forgot you were a weed smoker. This small position you got that you oh I would I, I will Lulu's I will came into you. You forgot that you were a weed a weed smoker that nobody even paid attention to. Then Jesus polished you, put a little respect on you, and then gave you honor and position. And you decided to cut his nose and smite him with it. That's the reason I don't take my ministry for granted. Paul says, I enlarge my ministry. Yes. Yeah. If, if, hey, ask anybody, I came here, we left the older church, and I moved uh, Langata, Kitingela, um, um, Embakasi, and this church had how many people? Less than 10 people. Here, when I started this branch, it had less than, and you see me teaching. Paul says, I magnify my ministry. So even if you all live and I have three people here, anybody who is passing by will think I have a crowd. When I started, I said I, I was no longer going to prophesy. I didn't want to have prophecy as the basis of this church. And I stopped prophesying. All my members left. All my members left because there's no way I can build the kind of ministry I wanted to build on the base. Sunday, man. And we're not talking about one Sunday in a month. We're talking about every Sunday I prophesy after preaching up to 3 p.m. Not just one Sunday, like, oh, this is prophetic Sunday. No, every Sunday I will prophesy, I will call your name, I'll tell you a detail about your life. That's, that's what I was doing every Sunday. I wasn't going to build a formidable church on the basis of a prophetic gift. That's not going to work. So when I switched to teaching, everybody left the church. This was what remained. Like here, like here. That was what remained. And I started off again. So anybody who thinks, aha, it's because of me. Hey, people who left were people. Listen, you, you have come and you don't give me any money. People who left were people who gave me money. Today I cannot pay a rent of a hundred and something. My rent when I was a prophecy is prophecy giver was 360 something thousand every month and I paid it. Look at how broke you are. 
I'm showing you that. <laughs> you have come and I cannot pay a rent of a hundred and something thousand every month. I used to pay a rent of 366,000. Yes. Every month. <laughs> if you don't believe me, ask, ask the people who have been around for a while. Yes. Yes. I prophesy every Sunday. Every Sunday. Not just every Sunday. We had, um, is it Jericho Hour? Yeah? Yeah, Jericho Hour. Yes. And then there was prophetic bliss. Oh. And then you're on top, fastings, and in the midst of it, come on. <laughs> no, she hasn't come to church in a long time. <laughs> Someone who has not been in the church for a lot, I want to give the history of the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. That's, you see, Paul says, I magnify my office. Yes. I magnify my office. <laughs> yes. So don't be fooled, child of God. Don't be fooled. Yes. These are wheels of Lulu that has puffed you up. Some of you, if you are called and you are rebuked small, you go out, out with a half and a puff. There's a toad. There's a certain fish. I've forgotten the name right now. The fish can eat, eat. And then it's doing until the fish becomes round. But it's a very poisonous fish. And then when it spits out water, it's poisonous. Some of you, that's how you are in the church. One small rebuke. Then you start. And then finally, the poison comes out. And there are some frogs that also behave like that. They, they swell also before they release the, the, their venom or poison. Yeah. You go out with a half and a puff. <laughs> if you have seven eye wheels of Lulu, God will have seven eye wheels. Yes, that's the fish. Yes, and it's a poisonous. And by the time it releases the whatever, it goes flat again. It's a real fish. Yes. It's a real fish. Yes. What do you have? What do you have? What is it that is making you feel I can behave like I wills of Lulu? Your ministry is not even tested. You have run a small center. Right now you are feeling like Daddy Gio. Can you run a small center and have the head of a daddy geo? Anything you are told, you do the opposite. Any instruction, you will never fulfill an, maybe a timeline, a target. Any, no, 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 no. Daddy geo. You, you don't question daddy geo. Careful. 
You see, Paul says, I magnify mine office. Don't joke. You see, some of you, I don't know if God will ever give you an opportunity to enter the office you have debased and the office you have disrespected. I don't know. Maybe he has raised another man of God who put some of you in the office. If truly you were called. If truly you were called. Cement it a small thing. Dayton, Korah, Abel, now challenging Moses. That the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation. Every leader, whether you are a, 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 um, a greeter, an usher, or you have been separated from the congregation to bring you near to himself and to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. Cement it but a small thing unto you. But we know, yeah, actually it's a small thing to you. Yeah, it's a small thing God has done for you. Yeah, that he took a shisha bag like you and remove the collection of shisha you smoke with all the flavors. Some of you, when you came to church, the next, the next one year, you, you still have shisha flavor in you. You understand? Yes. And then the teachings was removing the shisha flavor. What are the flavors? Somebody took me to Casablanca one day and I realized they had um, Flavors. That's why I'm saying flavor. What are the flavors? Stop pretending. Mm? Strawberry. Vanilla. Eh? Some of you were walking one year in the church. When you pass by, we smell vanilla. Hmm. <laughs> it, it was not a perfume. It was the vanilla of the shisha that is in the system. Yes, that we were yet to remove by preaching the laying on of hands. Come out! Yes. Some of you, the days we did come out, then a few flavor comes out. And then when all the flavors came out, then the eye wheels of Lulu entered you. Careful. How many do you have? How many did I say I'll give you? You are coming to lie if I buzz you. Number 10, humiliation for humiliation. Hey, Ham humiliated his father. Genesis 9, 22 to 25. That's a story we all know, isn't it? Yeah. So instead of reading that scripture, look at what Bishop said. He said, in the ministry... I have encountered people who have tried desperately to shame me. We're talking of a man who's built over 6,000 churches. He has people who have tried to shame him. Do you understand? Desperately to shame him and say negative things about me to bring me low in the eyes of the public. There are times I've looked at this evangelist of shame and mused to myself. Do these people know what is going to happen to them? Yes. As they have tried with all their hearts to spread stories about me. Some of you, the only reason you are in this church is this is the only place you have a story to spread. 
Anywhere else you go, you are irrelevant. <laughs> These are non-forgettable Easter. <laughs> Senior. So will their shame be multiplied on themselves and their descendants as they have sought to poison people about me. So will an innumerable company be poisoned against them. Humiliation for careful child of God. Yeah. Number 11, rejection for rejection. Those of you who are seated here and you have rejected the ministry. Anna, First Samuel 15, 23, 26. Let me just read the last verse. For thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath what? Rejected thee from being king over. Beautiful. <laughs> Last year, I start towards the last, the tail end of last year, in my teachings, especially on Tuesday, I started telling you that it's as though God relates to us and deals with us in the manner that we relate with him. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's the same message. Yes. It's the same message. You see, can I talk to women for one minute? Can I talk to women for one minute? (laughs) Anyway, let me not talk to them. Number 12. (laughs) For one minute. Can I talk to the ladies for one minute? You can make it easy for you to be loved. And you can make it extremely hard for you to be loved. Yes. To be loved. To make a man love you has only one key. There are not like 24 keys to unlocking the love of your man. There's one key. Do you not want to know the key? Do you want to know the key? Give the man what he wants. That's the key. Give the man. Is he? You don't know. That's the one key. He doesn't like shouting. Don't give him shouting. Why are you shouting? He doesn't like shouting. What does he like? He says, I want peace. Give him the peace. The key to being loved. Oh, you see that you'll be loved unconditionally. Give the man what he wants. That's the only key. They can't clap because today is Lulu. is. is <laughs> Today we are, we are agreeing by nodding our heads. (laughs) 
Today is agreement by nodding. Yes. That's the key. That's the key. That's the key. And some of you are thinking, I'll come and say, oh, cook his nicest food. No, give the man what he wants. Any woman who doesn't give the man, her man what he wants becomes despised in his eyes. Yes. Yeah. Endearment is a very wonderful, mysterious thing. How you are endeared to somebody. Yeah. You see that you are endeared to somebody because you do what pleases the person. Yes. There are some of you, you know that, yes, that is what it takes. But also, you are, you are very belligerent. You are very recalcitrant. You are, you are, you are a deviant. You are a freak. <laughs> a freak for a freak. Are you listening to me? So knowing, ah, that's, no, then I, I don't care. Uh-huh. So now you do the opposite. Otherwise, the truth of the matter is, what, that's why you, in some families, there are about five children. You know? And then you see that your father likes one of you. Why? The, if you check, he'll say that, as for this, my child, he does what I tell. That's it. That's the key. That's the key. Give the man what he wants. But I'm not forcing you. I mean, I mean you are all Beijing women. Yeah, so I'm not like, I'm not talking to you. I'm, I'm only preaching because you are here, but the people I'm preaching to, they are in faraway places. Yes, yes. But because of you, they'll be able to know that I preached. Do, do you understand? Yeah, so don't worry about what I'm saying. Uh, you get the point now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in any situation, it works. In any situation, it works. Yeah. Give the man what he wants. Simple. How about the woman? You see, the thing doesn't start with you. It starts with the man. When you give the man what he wants, a woman will get anything she desires. What's the Swahili word for any? Chochote. What's the Swahili word for everything? Okay. <laughs> okay. How would you say any style in Swahili? Tindo. 
Okay, so so how would you say all forms of style? Uh-huh. I think that's what I'm looking for. Yes. Is what Kila? Kila Aina. Yamtindo. Uh-huh. Give the man Kila Aina. Mtindo. Style BAB. Every style. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is what I've I've tried to bring it to Swahili. To, to, okay. This is the correct one. You see that when your husband sees you, you'll be hailing you. When he sees you, you say, Where, where, Mutindo, ya killer, Aina? I know why you're laughing, but what I mean to say is listen, like you are every style. That's what you say. Do, do you get what I'm trying? You, you, you receive praise from your husband. You say, you are every style. Yes. That's how you be praising you. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, before we go, as I close, <laughs> number 12, formula for judgment. <laughs> Lastly, you laugh at my Swahili. <laughs> you, are, you are every style. Yes. When you give the man what he wants, you'll be telling you, hey, you, hey, you are every style. Yes. <laughs> when you say, oh, put the glass here, put it there yourself. Yeah, you won't get any praise. This is number 12, right? All right, number 12, refusal for refusal. (laughs) If you reject, like number 11, rejection for rejection, you reject the man. What? Eh? You reject the man, right? When you also ask for something, you get rejection. True or not true? Rejection for it. And it applies in a ministry. It applies in a body. This is the formula for judgment. Me, I just came to teach formula for judgment. <laughs> refusal for refusal. Hosea 4 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Thou shalt be no priest to me. Some of you, I can tell you for sure, the only reason that you are retired shepherds is because you rejected knowledge. Yes. The books were there, you wouldn't read them. Even if you read them, you didn't care about what you were reading. Yes. Rejection for rejection, refusal for refusal. Yes. So if you reject knowledge, you see that you also rejected. Glory to God. Thou shalt be no priest to me. 
Seeing thou hast what forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Rejection for. And pay attention. Rejection for rejection. When you reject knowledge, you will also end up being rejected. There are those who reject books. Mm-hmm. There are those who reject knowledge. There are those who reject information. There are those who reject preaching messages. There are those who reject videos. Quite time. I'm not going there. Quite time. They reject quiet time videos. Because they rejected all this information, they will also be rejected. They will be refused entry into many places. They will be refused entry into the room of an evangelist. Careful. They will be refused entry into the room of a prophet. They will be refused entry into the room of mega church pastors. Refusal for refusal. Disregard for disregard. Rejection for rejection. Careful what you do in his body. With the same measure you met out, it shall be measured unto you. Press down. Good measure, press down. Shaking together. Running over. And God will cause men to give the same into your bosom. Rise up on your feet. Cry for mercy. This Good Friday, we want to cry for mercy. We want to run to the cross. We want to run to Calvary tonight. I don't know. God has designed the Good Friday so we see the cross clearly. Lift your voice and cry for mercy. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you have done, but cry for mercy. If you think you don't need to cry for mercy, it's all right. Jesus. Jesus. Lift your voice, child of God, cry for mercy. You may not know what you have been delivered from. Cry for mercy. I'm not hearing you. Jesus. Hey. Child of God, cry for mercy. Whatever we are talking about, it may not even be something you did in the church. It may be something you did out there. Cry for mercy. Pre-adventure, he will show mercy. Pray, 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 pray. Jesus.
cry for mercy, child of God. Some of us have lived recklessly before. Cry for mercy. Peradventure, he will show mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Show mercy, Lord. Show mercy to my life. Show mercy to my ministry. Lord, I plead for mercy. for mercy child of God ah Father, we approach your throne tonight on the night symbolic of the night you hang on Calvary. And Lord, we plead mercy 
on our lives. The diverse seeds sown, the things done in the body. Let today mark a different day in our lives. We plead mercy, Lord. We plead mercy, Lord. The intervention of mercy. Lord, we come and we kneel before your cross and we behold you. We behold your sacrifice. Even as your blood pours out, we're saying mercy. May we be washed with mercy. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we cry for mercy. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. We have no doubt that you have received a blessing from the Word of God preached by Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw. Do join either of our services at Love Springs International Church Headquarters this and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Connect with Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw on Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram. God richly bless you and lead you in a series of victories.